It's your old friend Dave, uh, Mr. Southeast Iowa Johnson from the uh, Round Guy Radio here. And uh, we're going to get you all the scores that, that happened last night. But before that, we want to thank all of our sponsors. Uh, Helma Ford of Sigourney, Iowa, Washington Discount Tires. Helena Hayes uh, running uh, for uh, house seat in uh, Sigourney, uh, Oskaloosa, Northern Jefferson County District, uh, all of Keokuk County. She's uh, asking for your vote. She supports high school football beyond beautiful benches of Richland, Iowa. Get in there and buy your bench. Find your Facebook page and message me. We'll get you something sent out. Smithburg Auto of Fairfield, Iowa, two locations to serve you better. You need a car called David. Elsie's uh, Kitchen.net of Copic, Iowa. Man, do they have good food over there. Just go onto their website and check it out. They'll send you all the dry ingredients. They have some of the best mix for dips. Uh, we had a party the other night. Uh, we mixed up some uh, uh, bacon, lettuce, and tomato dip. Oh, it was the it was a hit of the party. Anyway, also uh, we want to mention from Wayland, Iowa, author John Bain has written a book, Christie's Journey. The beat goes on. You can, he has a Facebook page called Christie's Journey. The beat goes on. You can buy it anywhere books are sold or online. Uh, and uh, Jefferson County Real Estate, uh, Jeff Alexander has been a big supporter of helping us bring you scores. So uh, if you get a chance, uh, check out any of these businesses. And also, uh, if do me a favor, if you need any pressure washing, uh, uh, there's a new pressure washing business in Richland. Uh, he's a coach from uh, uh, the Peak and Panther. I think it's called uh, Patrick's Power Washing. Thanks. Well, good morning, everybody. It's uh, the Saturday morning scoreboard show with Scotty Melvin. Welcome to the show, Scotty. Good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm good. I slept hard last night. I, I was so exciting. I uh, I just wound up crashing and sleeping good, and uh, I'm I'm just getting up and around. But I'm ready to talk football. That's for sure. I'm always ready to talk football. I can barely sleep during football season, but I slept well too last night. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of a lot of great games last night. There was uh, a lot of action. We had some uh, inclement, inclement inclement weather. You know to deal with. It was it was cold. It was wet. It was rainy, off and on, misty. Uh, but we got uh, uh, sadly we're like two thirds of the way through the season, aren't we? Yeah, it is kind of sad because it just goes so quick, and it's part of the deal with having that one game a week. You wait all week for the games, then bam, you're slammed with them all, and then you wait another week, and before you know it, the weeks are all over. Well, I noticed there's a lot of games we got over quick, and then a lot of games that went late, and one of them went into overtime. But uh, Yeah. Well, what's the first game we're talking about, Scotty? Well, I'll start on my end. I'll start with the Waco-New London game there in Wayland. Uh, short drive for me, which is always great. Big rivalry game, round guy rivalry game of the week, and uh, Waco did what they do. They started out fast, and uh, Loudon Housengay was the guy that got him on the board uh, for the first two touchdowns for Waco and put him up uh, 13-0 early, and they did what they did on defense. They stymied New London, and New London has uh, got some extremely good athletes. So it was uh, kind of a, a thing of beauty to watch this defense operate and keep New London off the board for so long. They finally did get on the board, but it was, as usual, Waco had them buried by that point. The final score ended up being 43-14. to 14. 
And uh, just to piggyback on your comment about the weather, um, Isaac Oswald threw maybe better than I've seen him throw all season last night, but his completions were only five out of 15, um, which was, you know, a little over 30%, which we've heard Coach Ediger say they want to hit on 60, but I don't think they were expecting it last night in that weather. But I was just amazed at how well he threw. Some of the some of the uh, incompletions were catches that would normally be made by his receivers that they just couldn't haul in with that wet ball. But uh, he did throw for a touchdown to Simeon Reichenbach. Um, like I said, Loudon Housengate had the two rushing touchdowns. Simeon had two. Drew Deers had, had put up his usual big stats, eight tackles from his linebacker spot. And once again, they just forced turnovers, four interceptions for, <laughs> for Waco last night, one from uh, Simeon, one from Mason Miller. That's six for him on the season. Jeez. Odie Sheffenshoot got another one from his linebacker spot that was spectacular. He jumped a route where, uh, where Blaze Porter had stopped on a, on a short pass out to the flat, and Odie jumped that sucker and, and, and snagged it right out of his hands. It was awesome. Um, and then – Look out, little brother Clayton Miller, Mason's little brother, he picked one off too late in the game. So now we've got another Miller. I don't know why quarterbacks are throwing towards guys named Miller wearing powder blue. But I can um, tell you why. Because there ain't no safe place to throw the ball. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're taking uh, your, your chances when you do that. And they made them pay. Um, but what I want to point out real quick before we move on to your game, is the reason some of these picks are happening, these turnovers are happening, this is 20 on the season, and I don't remember if there was a fumble or not last night. Uh, so there's at least 20 turnovers now forced by the Waco Warriors. <laughs> and it's because of this defensive line, and they have an embarrassment of riches on the defensive line. And we haven't talked about some of these guys enough. We've talked about Lichty, Colton Lichty. We've talked about Chase Waterhouse a bit. We haven't really talked about the contribution from Ty Egley at defensive yeah, end. I was just going to yeah. say, you know, that's there's a guy's name that's so good, and we're it's hard to even get around talking about him. Well, he, he's rotating in. They're, they're all rotating in. They've got fresh bodies, but they're all making plays, and they're all putting extreme pressure on the quarterbacks that they face. And uh, so when the, the ball goes in the air, it's an adventure. Most of the time, the quarterbacks are getting harassed, if not hit. And that's what was happening to Don Lopez last night for the New London Tigers. He was under duress big time, and it was making him struggle throwing the ball on top of the weather. Well, and I want to point out the tackles, too, real quick. Cole Hildebrand and Jonathan Heather. These guys are beefy, strong kids in the middle, and they take their man back fast and hard to the quarterback. And it's just it's just uh, hell on quarterbacks to try to throw the ball against the Waco Warriors. And, uh, you know, it, it's uh, – mm-hmm. Part of the reason why they have so many turnovers, and I just want to make sure we get their names out there because they are doing some some great work. Um, each of the defensive ends had a sack last night. Uh, you won't see Ty Egley sacking the stats because his came on a two-point conversion, but he chased Dom Lopez down and I took him down with force. Let's put it that way. That is a scary big kid um, who's a great tight end as well, and I saw him doing some pancaking. On the line, I actually watched the line last night, Dave. I don't know what's going on, but I'm starting to pay attention to the linemen. It's it's a little easier in eight man for me. Well, I tell you what, every sack, every interception they were throwing was caused by some pressure. You know what I mean? It all starts really, with pressure yeah. on the quarterback. Quarterbacks who aren't under pressure don't throw interceptions. You know, uh, but uh, yeah, that New London team is so strong and so big and. I don't know. I'm starting to feel like Waco just is just really, 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 you know, that step above everybody else, aren't they? 
they are down here. Um, I, I got a feeling we've got a handful of teams in the state that are on par with them. They will have to face at some point uh, come postseason, but they are just so balanced and so deep. I've, I've been saying at work this week when we talk football, I said you could take an eight-man football, you could take the second-best batch of eight guys off of Waco's team, put them on the field, and you got a playoff team. And that is just uh, that's just something that most of these eight-man teams don't have the luxury of. Yeah, I mentioned that to Andy Kretzinger last night, who I'd like to give a shout-out to Andy. That was a, a, our best uh, late-night show, I think, last night. I think we're learning a little bit better how to how to get scores and uh, uh, how to keep the thing moving quick. But, uh, yeah, him and Hunter give us a good start to the week. And uh, But this is the show that everybody really likes because this is when we have the numbers and everything. Well, I'm going to go ahead and talk about my, uh, the, my game. Uh, uh, I was very proud to give this game the designation of Brown Guy Game of the Week. This was a a tremendous game, a, a, a game that had something for everybody. Um, it ended up kind of the way you'd expect it, Columbus 53, Pekin 28. But Pekin is what – no, I mean, the two things were well on display is how great Columbus is and how good they can run. I think uh, – I think uh, – uh, Caden Amagon scored seven touchdowns, you know, and I know uh, Tristan had one the first time he touched the ball, but it was, uh, you know, they, they were doing what they do to everybody. They're, they're playing the same way they're playing to everybody, except for the difference here was Pekin just did it. Uh, Pekin just slugged it out with them. You know, they, they, they're the ones that really played, uh, they played, they showed, they established themselves as a real football team in this game, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, uh, Pekin got down two touchdowns on the first two plays that Columbus ran, and it didn't phase them. They came right back, and they kept driving the ball. And this long kid's good, uh, and uh, so is this uh, Bemis that they've got. But anyway, whatever it is they do, they don't, they're not a, uh, a quick, deep strike team. They're a move the ball down the field team, you know, and they did it. And they they managed the clock well, and uh, they did break a couple big plays for touchdowns through the air. And uh, by God, they wound up winning at halftime, twenty to twenty-two uh, in the rain. You know, things were slick, and uh, uh, it wasn't the, it was tough sledding, and there was a lot of turnovers. But you know, then the second, you know, I think uh, yeah, in the second half, uh, Columbus kind of really started pulling away from them, but then. Pekin scored this touchdown late. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, those guys don't give up. And they 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 fight back. Uh, um, we see that Columbus is that top 10 team. There's no question about it. Anybody that sees them is going to see it. It's, it's painfully obvious how good they are. <coughs> but uh, they're going to get some – they're going to get some uh, strength of schedule points for this Pekin game because, uh, you know – it was it was it it was that tough peaking environment. You know what I mean? It was the big crowd and the, you know, and and it just it ain't an easy place to go play. I'll guarantee you. You know, it's a, but it's a neat, unique atmosphere that was uh, just exciting, and uh, I had a great time. But it, I did slip out before it was over and get home, and and, and so I could watch and, and report on all these other games that I was able to get to do. But uh, I just give that game an A plus. It was uh, it was. Pekin's homecoming. There was, uh, if you like effort, if you like scoring, if you like hard hitting, you know, if you like uh, a David and Goliath type matchup, that was it. It was a great game. 
So we were off to a great start uh, uh, right there. Well, why don't you give us another game? Well, real quick, before I move on from yours, I just want to say I'm jealous. I wish I could have seen it. Um, and Columbus getting punched in the mouth in that second quarter by Pekin. Uh, these teams that are trying to really make a a long run into the postseason, that's the kind of game they need. And uh, it's it's great that they responded the way they did. Caden Amagon, 19 carries, 302 yards, and six touchdowns on the ground, and he had that 81-yard fumble return. Uh, so, yeah, seven touchdowns, buddy. <laughs> that's a heck of a yeah, game. Yeah, he had him. He had him. Rushing, he had to receive him. He had him on defense. <laughs> he he's a he's a bad man. I would yeah, have to say he's, he's surrounded by bad men. They they are another one that uh, they don't do what they do without the line they have. Um, so hats off, hats off to both teams. Sounded like a great game. It was fun. Like okay. I don't think you I don't think you could hardly miss. I think there was something fun about everywhere in every game. Yeah, the crowd last night in, in Wayland was huge. You know, it was homecoming, and you had a homecoming over there at Pekin, I believe. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't hurt anything, but the weather being the factor it was, I thought, oh, maybe the stands won't be full, but they were packed last night. I mean, it was packed end to end. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not surprising. I mean, uh, uh, there isn't very many more opportunities. Look, people, you're going to get one, maybe two more chances to see your team the rest of the year until the playoffs start, so – Unless you follow them on the road. And some of these trips are, you know, for a lot of us that work, you know, on a Friday, we don't have time to make that road trip. Uh, but, you know, if, if you're making the playoffs, you might hopefully get at least another home game. All right. Here's a, here was a big one last night, Nate Blair uh, in the area. Winfield Mount Union and Lone Tree. Uh, Winfield Mount Union won that one 54 to 14, but I believe Lone Tree did make them work for it. Um. I saw that Cam Buffington had over 160 yards rushing. He also had another pick six. So that's another turnover that gets turned into a touchdown for Cam Buffington. He seems to do it every game. And Cooper Buffington had another fumble recovery. So our, our usual suspects on this uh, list of, of guys that are turning the ball over uh, continues to grow for Winfield Mount Union. But that's a good win for them. And that sets them up uh, pretty nice to keep in the thick of the playoff mix for this eight-player district here. And this was a, a, a pretty solid Lone Tree team that had uh, pretty much just uh, rifled through their their uh, season so far. So, uh, yeah. uh, and, and uh, they, they seem to be turned around real quick. And, and uh, so this is a pretty big and impressive win. And uh, um, I think uh, it, it was one Winfield had to have, but it keeps them in the hunt, doesn't it? It sure does. And they, they did have to have it. Um... Lone Tree, like I said, made it made him work for it a bit. I looked through the stats there real quick. Not really any super gaudy numbers on offense for Winfield Mount Union last night. Um, but the usual contributors, Cole Milks, Abram Edwards, Cam Buffington, you know, they uh, they they must have wore him down because they, the score sure got kind of lopsided towards the end there. You know, a, a team like Waco that that you know, you wouldn't just look at Simeon Reichenbach's numbers and say, man, that he's the the best running back that there is, but I'm not hundred percent sure he's not the best running back that he is. It's just the style. Their, their style spreads the ball around. He, he, they, they control the game and they don't, they don't just try and get a guy a bunch of stats, you know? Uh, oh, no, that, that's for sure. They're, and that's, that's uh, a credit to the kids too. Um, that's why you're not seeing some huge stats from, from kids like him that, that could easily have like 
I think probably chasing state records, you know. Yeah, if they just wanted to feed the ball to that one guy all the time and and uh, and, and only worried about running running scores up, you know, and didn't care about how many they gave up, you know. But it's yeah. just not that situation. But uh, uh, but I don't care where you're at. There's a lot of great players. I mean, we're seeing. I don't know that you know you could just randomly pick out six teams in California or Texas and have uh, as many Division One or college level athletes. I mean, there's. We, we, we've got a nice brand of football going here, don't we? We do. I, I've said it a, a lot over the years, and I think you probably have too, and that's part of why we have this show, is that uh, they, they get overlooked. Um, and then you get a team with depth like Waco, and they've got so much, so many bodies that uh, there's kids that uh, they just, they're not getting paid attention to because they don't get to shine as much as an individual. But the teams, you know, they're also chasing that big, uh, that big success of, of, of chasing the trip to the dome and uh, so the kids you know that's what's most important to them but we're here to spotlight not only that but the, the kids themselves and so well, that's I, I think we should get to the biggest there's, there's, there's some really great close games but there's a great big game and this is uh, Sigourney taking down what was number one ranked Pella Christian how about that game 15-13 well, you and I both picked the Cobras uh, going into the snake pit and coming out with the wins hard. But uh, I think a lot of people uh, would have scoffed at us for that one. And, and I did hear uh, some, some shock from some friends of mine that were like, did you see that score? And I said, well, I told you. <laughs> so yeah, Sigourney Kyoto gets it done at home, man. 15, 13. That is a uh, single wing team type of score right there. Well, you know, uh, because of Thunder Country, which is just like you, there's such a good, such a good setup. Uh, I'm always able to watch the Sigourney, and I've been watching them all year long, and I wasn't surprised. Uh, right. I guess I was more surprised how good fellow Christian was. Uh, they look good. They have great uniforms. You know, I don't know if they look like Florida State or Notre Dame or something, but they look good. Uh, they're big. They're strong. They they do everything. Uh, but Pekin, or I mean, the Sigourney just Sigourney Kyoto, the Cobras, they uh, they really hit hard, didn't they? And they they just did what they did, and they're doing what they do. And uh, this is Sigourney Kyoto football. And uh, what about a ranking for these guys this week? You know, with with the two non district losses, I could see some some of these pollsters uh, still uh, keeping them on the outside looking in. This is such a huge win, and this is such a huge three-game win streak that they're on, and there's such a huge improvement for the Cobras from week to week that, it, for me, if I had a vote, it, I would not be able to ignore them at this point. I'm seeing polls in other states of teams that have uh, a couple of losses still being in top five, you know, because of the competition, and this is that type of game for the Cobras. Um, I'd, I'd have to have them at least they they, they got to be getting some votes now. Well, they got to be uh, positioned pretty good to have that number one seed in the in the in their district, don't they? Yeah, I mean this this game puts them in the driver's seat, and I mean solidly in the driver's seat. Now, you don't want to have any letdowns going forward because there's a Central Decatur team that's looking pretty tough in the, in this district uh, coming up sometime here, but uh, they are firmly in the driver's seat with this victory over Pella Christian. Yeah, I've been hearing about that. I've been hearing uh, one of the recruiters called me up and was telling me about some couple players that Central Decatur has that they're very interested in recruiting. they got a big, big, big uh, boy on the offensive line that they like. Okay. Well, but, they, they are, they're winning games, and they're looking pretty tough. Well, uh, Sigrid and Cuda lost a, a, a game by a field goal, three-point loss to Mid Prairie, which is a 2A school. 
that uh, only lost one game all season long, and they're getting and they're they're getting votes there. Uh, Durant, uh, heck, Sigourney probably played better against Durant than most teams have. Uh, they're undefeated and, and just stomping everybody into the ground. And uh, I mean, the teams that Sigourney's beat were good. Uh, I don't know what did you get a score on what Centerville did last night? I didn't. I did, and uh, there was a the Fort Madison uh, Democrat uh, page had tweeted out that it was seven to seven. At, I think they said in the second quarter or at halftime, and I, I thought, they're, what? They're, were they playing Williamsburg? Or? Yeah, they were playing Williamsburg. Now that game ended up Williamsburg fifty-five, Centerville seven. So well, they was, played uh, them. <laughs> yeah, but you it know, went, I mean, Centerville's a tough team, and they've been beating everybody up that they're playing, and and uh, maybe they don't. I don't know anybody that plays Williamsburg and wins. I just don't, uh, but, yeah. but they were a good team. So they got the, they, uh, I like to see them get in the top 10. I think they deserve it. I think they're that good. I do too. We're talking class one a, and I, I want to say, I completely agree with coach Jensen. Uh, yeah. They could go back with the way they're playing right now and play those two games over that they lost. They could very well be undefeated right now. And that's that to me, is absolutely true, and that's probably what would swing my vote um, if I were a voter. But uh, we'll see how they how, they, uh, how it shakes out on Monday. It's these conference games that matter. Those non-conference games are just, I don't know, window dressing or, or practice yeah, games or something, really. He, he called them preseason, and that's kind of it, – it is and it isn't. You know, it counts on your record, but it doesn't count towards your playoff positioning. So, um, you know, those are the games to – you try to win them, but you're, you're also mainly you're trying to get better, and, and nobody probably used those games better than Sigourney Kyoto. Well, I picked this game. I'm going to let you pick the next one. Well, I've got kind of a ho-hum one to talk about real fast. Durant, a little out of the area, but we talk about him a lot. They beat uh, Lawiza Muscatine, who's one of our area teams, who's still trying to rebuild, but it was 56 to nothing. It was over very early. Nolan DeLong went off for – well over 200 yards and did not play it down in the second half. So Yeah, he's uh, – uh, Ryan Timmerman was at that game too. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, that's, that doesn't surprise anybody, does it? Not a bit. Um, you know, I, I saw some of Ryan's video, and I thought that the Wise and Muscatine looked to me like they were out there putting out their best effort, and that's, that's a good start. So uh, they got to keep doing that and get some younger kids involved doing it too. Well, uh, I got a game for you here. Uh, this right. was a one-point squeaker in overtime, but Fairfield went on the road to Keokuk, and by virtue of a, uh extra point kick that they were able to do in overtime, they were able to win this game 16-15. to 15. A couple hard-fought uh, last-minute wins for the Trojans. How about, how, oh, what, are you, what are you feeling about that? Well, um, I think we both picked against the Trojans, but uh, they gutted that one out. And I, I was on the edge of my seat. I was listening to, I think I was listening to the Washington game. And uh, I had Tommy Brower uh, messaging me, <laughs> giving me the updates on what was going on with that game because he was down there covering for the radio station out of Fairfield. And uh, yeah, I was on the edge of my seat just waiting for his next message. And uh, went into overtime and Keokuk got the first score, but they didn't get their extra point. And that leaves the door open, and sure enough, Fairfield made them pay, and they come out of Calvert Stadium with a win. Yeah, there wasn't a great snap and transfer for Keokuk on that uh, on that extra point attempt. Uh, you know what I, I take out of this game? 
I was exactly right about Keokuk's tough defense. Oh, but, yeah. But each week I'm getting more and more respect for the Trojans' defense. What do you think? Yeah, you and I have probably not talked about them enough. We've been so focused on uh, uh, the fact they've, they've struggled to find uh, some running production uh, with uh, Hunter Caccini being out. And uh, we've kind of forgotten that the Trojans D it up. And, and uh, you know what? If you're going to play that, that – uh, staunch on defense you've given yourself the opportunity to win games because it only takes a couple scores then and uh they remind me a lot of fort madison that way i've never heard anyone ever pronounce hunter shakini's name right well i'll tell you where i get it i work with his older brother oh, <laughs> so, that's what they call him i know his, his name is shakini uh um, but Damian, I, I do think Damian. they may call him sassini i don't know but uh, Damian. Damien's his older brother and he works with me on the daily, you know, five days a week. And he's, uh, he's always laughing at all, all of us trying to pronounce his name. It's Italian. And he says it's Caccini. Well, <laughs> so, that's what he thinks it is. Huh? Well, uh, oh. that's not what they call his dad. What uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you know, we, we have connections here, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, this is a great game for or the Trojans. The Trojans have uh, slugged it out. And uh, uh, they got some conference wins. I think this is a big loss for Keokuk. What do you think? Well, we're in district play, and is, even though it's early, these games matter so much, especially with the bigger schools, um, because I think they have less district games than maybe a lot of the smaller uh, school districts. But, you know, this was they're all must-haves because you've got some – you've got a Solon looming that's a heavy favorite. So I feel like uh, – with that in mind, you're going to try to win that game, but but in case you don't, you don't want to lose any others. You want to be solidly in the mix, and this game here, you know, Fairfield really puts themselves in a nice position to get to get one because you know Keokuk is looking to me like the biggest challenger for that number two spot behind Solon, with Washington being on the slide that they're on. So Fairfield, hats off, man. They are they are looking good heading towards postseason. I I believe. They're three and zero in their uh, in their conference, aren't they? I'm not sure. I haven't looked at uh, the district. Uh, no, I think they beat Mount. Ple- oh, Mount Pleasant's not in there. Not not in there. Anymore. No, yeah, yeah. Grinnell and, and uh, uh, Keokuk, I believe. Are. Yeah, you got Solon, Keokuk, Fairfield, Washington, um, Solon. Did I mention them? Yeah. <laughs> I, I get confused without looking at the actual standings because it's been, you know, Fort Madison and Mount Pleasant for so long, but they're in 4A. So uh, I have to actually go and visually see the standings to know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, uh, we got time for another game before I have to restart the clock here. What do you got? Well, I don't have stats or anything. I didn't see a huge play to start the game. That was hilarious. I posted the video on Twitter of this, so go check that out. But uh, our Mediapolis Bulldogs did fall on the road to West Branch, 35-13. to 13. West Branch is just a machine. Yeah, they're a machine at home. You picked that one. Uh, uh, it looked good for me so early. <laughs> it did. But you know what I mean? Uh, gosh, you got to get up there and see that uh, little Rose Bowl. Well, uh, not. I mean, that's not surprising. I wonder. I don't know if that's a, if that's the toughest thing uh, uh, district there is, or uh, there's a lot of a lot of hard slog ones. There's a good one and eight man around here, but that one's got a lot of great teams. But uh, I think Meepo can bounce back from this. But uh, do you got any numbers or anything on that game at all? Or 
I, I don't yet. Uh, like I said, the only thing that I know is Anthony Isley took the opening kickoff for a touchdown. And, uh, you know, a lot of teams would, uh, you know, that might affect them, but not a West branch. And uh, you're right. Um, I would say that that 1A district, I would rank it as the toughest district in the state, bar none of any class. It is insanity. In Minneapolis, you know, what can you do? But uh, this is a game where you lost and, and you, uh, you, you look at what you could do better and get better from here. Yeah, well, I mean, they'll, they'll they'll have to get right back into it because they probably yeah. have another game similar to, uh, opponent. Um, There's no breaks, and they could see these guys in the playoffs again if things go the way they both want them to. So, well, uh, here's the game I did predict right. Uh, Grinnell beats uh, Washington. What was the what, what was what's your commentary on this game? You got me on that one. I picked Washington to get that offense on untracked. I was able to listen to a, a bit of that one towards the end. Uh, Grinnell kind of jumped out of the gate on him, but Washington scrapped back in and uh, had a shot late in the game after Grinnell uh, went up with a late touchdown. Washington had, because of Grinnell penalties, helped Washington move down the field, put them in a position where uh, – they could have maybe tied this on a Hail Mary and a PAT, but they, they just couldn't get the connection, and Grinnell was able to come out of there with a hard-fought 28-21 to 21 victory. Well, I hate to say this, but I do think that slippery ball probably uh, was a difference in a couple of these games here. Maybe this one, you know, uh, you just – gosh, Washington literally looked good, and I, I they came back hard. And I, I mean, they very well could have won that game. Uh, yeah. Grinnell just made that one nice drive that ended up in the end zone really late and uh, Washington couldn't recover but uh, uh, that looked like a, a, a packed house and uh, an exciting game and uh, that's tough for Washington to take that one on the chin that's going to really hurt him ain't it? It is um, Grinnell is the other district team I couldn't think of there uh, just a few minutes ago and I'll tell you what uh, that gives Washington a real uphill climb uh, trying to fight for a playoff spot because it's going to be hard to get in there with Grinnell, Fairfield, and Solon looking like the uh, the leaders there. Yeah, well, uh, them and Keokuk, uh really, really uh, a step backwards this week. But that is what it is because, uh, as the song says, we're getting tighter. It's getting yeah. uh, getting really tighter. Well, that, uh, what do you got? What's your next game? A uh, little out of the area, but one we've been keeping an eye on, Regina and Wilton. Um, it kind of went the way I thought. Regina seemed to be the, the more experienced team. Wilton's an up-and-comer. Uh, Regina does take this game 37-13. to 13. Um, Yeah, I, I was kind of hoping for better out of Wilton, but uh, uh, they're a young team and uh, uh, they had a couple real tough opponents and uh, stepped back a little bit. Yeah, but, but great experience for them uh, going forward this season and on into the next one or two with all the sophomores that they play. All right, time out here. So Mid-Prairie uh, put 51 on Central Lee last night, 51 to zero. That wasn't really unexpected. Um, I'm always hoping for Central Lee to get points on the board. I, I feel like teams that are, you know, uh, trying to build, it, it always makes them, they may lose, but if they can score some points, you know, there's always a feel good to that for the team. But it didn't happen last night. You know, Mid-Prairie's rolling. They got a big game. Uh, coming up against Williamsburg next week. So they really needed this tune-up as well. Their defense uh, is strong, really yeah, strong. Are. I mean, there was, uh, you know, I got to see that slugfest between them and Sigourney. And it, it, they hit hard. And they, uh, yeah, you know, the, the mid Prairies, you know, they're they're off to a flying start. They're, they got a great record. And uh, 
looks like they're cruising into the playoffs. I think so. Uh, we'll, we'll learn a lot about them next week against Williamsburg, who we both feel is top-notch competition as far as 2A football. So well, um, I got a score for us here, and this wow. is this is the the team with the toughest schedule in the history of mankind, uh, which would be the Highland Huskies. I don't think anybody could uh, argue yeah. that. Yeah, they, they go down fifty-five fourteen in against Alburnett, uh, one of the state's best teams. Um, I'm happy they put fourteen points on the board. What do you think? Yeah, it kind of goes back to what I just said about Central Lee. When you're in that rebuild mode and you're taking, you know, some some big ones on the chin every week, if you can score some points, it gives you you're having fun. Kids love to score touchdowns. I saw it with New London last night. You know, they were. They were buried, but when Bowden Pickle finally ripped off a, a really nice touchdown run he had, the kids celebrated. It's something to feel good about, even if you're getting beat by 50 or whatever. So Highland's making some improvements. We'll see how uh, we'll see how it translates into next season. Well, Scotty, uh, Albert may force me to make a phone call to him. They, we, I don't think there's been a week where we haven't talked about them, reported their score, has it? Well, they play in that district uh, with our with our Pekin Panthers and our Columbus Wildcats and and the Wapalos and all of them. Uh, they're a little out of our area, but they're, they're you know I think they're a little north of Cedar Rapids there. Um, but yeah, that what I what I love about them, you know, is I I looked at their roster when we did our preview show, and I thought I don't know anything about. There's no major numbers that jumped out, but the one thing I wrote down, I looked back at my notes when I did this preview research. And I said, they bring back a ton of players. And that can go a lot of ways. You know, it can mean these kids have been working hard in the offseason. Coming back as a group like that, they may do some major damage. And that's what we're seeing with the Pirates. Well, uh, we had a huge, huge uh, influx of listeners from Cedar Rapids, too. So maybe that's why. Maybe they're following Albernet. Well, uh, Albernet, uh, I don't know if you will talk to me, but you'll be getting a phone call this week. You're, you're really kicking in the doors here. Yeah, and and, they, and a big turnaround from last year. I don't. They weren't. Uh, I think they won more than a game, but they weren't. They weren't in the playoffs, you know. And now they're looking like a, a borderline state ranked team. Well, I think they are state ranked team. They they have been. And I know they they lost to East Buchanan in a close game, and I can't. That yeah, I don't know how that would knock you out of the top ten. Uh, yeah, they're, they're a player. That's for sure. Well, you got a game for me? Yeah, man. Uh, here's a big one, and we both predicted this, I believe. Uh, Van Buren, 22, Cardinals, 16. Uh, that sounded like a, a heck of a game I wish I could have seen. But uh, Van Buren getting the wins that they need to get um, to make a, a push for a playoff spot. That was a huge one last night. Well, our main man, Andy Krutzinger, was there for that, and uh, he uh, he was uh, really impressed with the game uh how about uh, Cardinal? They seem like they're improving, don't they, every week? Yeah, they, they've got to be the best winless team I've ever heard of, to be <laughs> honest. Um, you know. They sure are. They are putting more points on the board. The defense has not really been run over at all. Uh, so, uh, tough loss for for uh, Cardinal, but this is a big win for Van Buren, isn't it? What are they, it's huge. They're three and two now? The, yeah, Four the thing two? is, you know, they're – you look at their schedule and they've got some games that I don't, I'm sorry. I just don't think they're winnable. Like a Sigourney Kyoto and a Pella Christian as was proven last week, but they have games that are winnable and they've got enough of those that they should uh, get a spot in the playoffs. And I think that they're winning the games that they have to win. And that's, that's what you got to do. Well, if you're a Van Buren Warriors fan, uh, you've been through a lot of lean years. 
But this ain't one of them. This team here, I'm really proud of, of, of the Van Buren Warriors. Uh, I'm really proud of the school. I'm really proud of the effort. I'm really proud of the coaches. Uh, and I have reached out to him twice, but I've never been able to get, get him to come on the show. But uh, uh, love to have him. And uh, we'll send some love your way uh, this week, too. How about that? Yeah, buddy. I mean, 11,000 listeners now. Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't even mention that, did I? If you want to, if you if you're a coach and you want to, you want your kids' names and their accomplishments to get out there. Round Guy Radio might be your best bet right now. Scotty and I started talking about football a year and a half ago, or somewhere around that. You know, half you know at the beginning of last season, and we had 300 listeners, 300 listeners total. You know, and uh, we got 10,000, and then within a week we got 11,000. So I, I just couldn't believe, and we had the the biggest, the, we had the, I think Wednesday was the biggest day ever. And then, uh, no, it was Tuesday was the biggest day ever. And Thursday was the se- third biggest day ever. So, uh, yeah, people are liking it and we're, we're going to keep doing it. And, uh, if you're out there listening, we, me and Scotty love you. That's for sure. Well, uh, I guess it's my turn to pick a game. Let's see. Let's go down the list here. How about, uh, now, here's one I saw the end of, uh, Clear Creek of Mana at Oskaloosa. Yes. Well, it wound up 28-14, but that is due to a pick six and maybe the last 30 seconds of the game where Oskaloosa would, had to drive a good, uh, you know, 80-plus yards uh, to to score to tie the game, and they were doing it. They were driving, but – you know, as as the situation and the clock melts down, things get a little desperate. And uh, he threw a, a, a pass, uh, and Clear Creek Amanda stepped in front of it and took it to the house. Uh, but it was a one-score game. It was tied, I think. I don't know. Oscar might have been winning 14 to 13 for quite a bit of the game. Um, uh, Oscar had three games where they've really had to try and uh, put it in the end zone right at the end to win. And, uh, each time they move the ball uh, uh, and get get it going that way, but uh, three tough losses uh, in those games, and this is a tough loss for Oskaloosa too, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, I feel bad for him. I was pulling out of the parking lot there at Waco, and I flipped on the radio, and that was the first game that came on. So I thought, well, I'll listen to it long enough to see what the score is. And then I was shocked to find out that Oski was ahead 14-13, and we were fairly late in the game. But uh, – about the time I got home, five minutes later, pulling in the driveway, Clear Creek Amanda had uh, thrown a long pass play that went for six and and got the lead back. And uh, I, I at that point I had to shut off the the car and head inside and start doing my research on scores and and found out that they ended up winning twenty eight fourteen. But man, Oski's right on the cusp. Um, that's got to be both feel good and be very frustrating because it's a tough district and uh, you know. They had just about pulled a big, what I'd call big upset last night. Yeah, well, uh, they just need to put some more points on the board. They're they're a little little uh, short on the points, but but they're uh, hanging tough. Um, we'll see how it goes. You got another one for us here? Yeah, uh, this one kind of had my eyebrows raised a bit. I'd seen the Lisbon Lions uh, a week ago in Columbus, and I said this has a this team has a spectacular offense, um, but they really really were porous on defense and you know granted they were playing Columbus but um last night 
they played another potent offensive team from our area, the Wapalo Indians, and Lisbon won that game 46 to 6. What do you think about that? Uh, you you had predicted Lisbon is, I think, the strongest team in that, uh, didn't you? I did. In fact, I, you know, in our prediction show, based on what I saw coming back and the fact that I, I knew Columbus had talent, I wasn't aware they had this much. Um, I had Lisbon finishing first and Wapalo second, and this game marked as as my district championship game. And, well, uh, when I saw, uh, what I saw out of Lisbon against Columbus, I liked everything about them. Yeah, I, I thought they, I thought they were a damn good team, and uh, I liked their quarterback, I liked their receivers, I liked their defense. I, I think, uh, I think they put a put a good game together. Uh, you know, uh, the wet, slippery ball uh, uh, got away from Wapalo. I guess would probably be. Uh, or one of the explanations for this. And plus it's on the road. Maybe, maybe uh, uh, Lisbon's defense heard me talking about how they needed to cinch things up and it made them mad at me and they went out and did it and said, look at that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, they're, I'm going to call their coach this week because uh, he's a big supporter of the program. And uh, uh, he seemed like an interesting guy. So we'll, we'll do what we can to hear from him this week. Well, they're they're a fun team to watch, and, and like I told uh, their offensive line coach, their uh, short conversation, I, I saw them when they played eleven man when they'd come down and play Waco, and I always thought they were a well run run program, and they you know they were facing some really stellar Waco teams back in those days. Um, always loved their uniforms and the whole lion thing. You know, it's the sauerkraut capital of Iowa. <laughs> I mean, Lisbon's pretty cool. I'd like to hear about them more. Well, here's a game I watched a little bit of, but it was kind of getting put away quick, and uh, we had so many, you know, Trojans, Keokuk games, and and uh, Washington Grinnell games, and Oskaloosa games that were, you know, right down to the nub that I didn't watch a little bit. Although I did look like it seemed like Mount uh, Pleasant, I saw him make a couple really nice pass plays. Uh, but Fort Madison Bloodhounds roll through this one, 46 to nothing. Um, uh, you know, and it's no surprise, uh, but Fort Madison did what they had to do to become 5-0. and And uh, what, what about them getting in the top 10? I think it's about got to happen this week. Um, and they've got, you know, their season's shaping up to be like last year's. They are rattling off wins. The toughest competition they'll face is going to come here in the last few weeks. Uh, so this is probably the final tune-up for what's going to be a, a really rugged run for them. But, uh, yeah, I think they got to probably get in there this week. And uh, the thing that shocked me the most, though, this is what's impressed me about Fort Madison. We talked about their stingy defense. Mount Pleasant can put up points, and they got shut out last night. I, I don't know what you think, but that, that impresses me big time. Yeah. Well, I got another game here, and it's Tigers and Bears, oh my, oh my. Uh, <laughs> Iowa Valley, a battle of the valleys, the Iowa Valley yeah. and the English Valley, and uh, Iowa Valley gets back on track with the 48-26 win. They are, uh, they've really had an outstanding season. What, what, uh, what do you think of the battle of the valleys here? Well, um in a way, I'm a bit surprised because I thought this would be a game Iowa Valley would put up more points in. But English Valley showed against Waco that they can they can d it up a bit. Uh, they they are uh, kind of in a rebuild mode, but their their defense looks pretty sharp. And to hold uh, Evan Kearney and crew to less than 50, I think that's a nice thing to build on for the Bears. Well, between Lisbon, Iowa Valley, and English Valley, it's Lions, Tigers, and Bears. Oh my! 
<laughs> you put that together on purpose, I think. <laughs> well, they were all kind of in a, in a row there. Uh, I yeah, can see it uh, all. Hey, yeah. those are some of the best mascots, man. Uh, well, they were good. Speaking of, speaking of uh, uh, animals, we got the Burlington Greyhounds. Oh yeah, well they uh, uh, look like they're going to roll on that game, but it didn't didn't uh, they won, but they didn't uh, uh, really outpace them like like I thought they were going to. A twelve point victory, forty two to thirty. Yeah, Clinton stayed closer than I thought. Um, on the plus side for Burlington, early in the season, I thought they were leaning on their defense mostly, and I thought you know they they might uh, struggle to score points, but they have not been having any struggle that way offensively lately. They've been uh, really really turning on the afterburners there 42 to 30 over Clinton last night. So they get the win. Um, and you I don't know, know. They go to four and one so. and uh, uh, another team that right ought to be in the top 10 or I wish it was a top 20 really or a top 15 or something because it's just, you're always leaving people out. And that's what I like about the polls that list the uh, the teams that are getting votes. Because as a fan, you can at least go through those and and put another you know four or five teams in uh, if you wanted to go that far with it. And I think Burlington is probably still going to be sitting just outside the top ten with this win, but uh, they were getting some votes in the AP, and and uh, that probably will increase. Well, we'll week. see if there wasn't a bunch of upsets this week. I don't know. So let's just take take turns. I've got a couple scores uh, out oh. here. You got some scores. Let's uh, let's go over some of the games that you were keeping. What about this uh, Liberty uh, 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 North Scott game? You got the result on that one. I do. And uh, North Scott appeared to have this game in hand fairly late. I believe it was uh, I don't know sixteen to eight or something like that. But Liberty. Graham Beckman did what he does and threw some bombs to some players on his team, some receivers, and they pulled out a 20 to 16 thriller. I can't wait to hear about that. I'm sure Matt Meek has all of the scoop on it. Um, Oh, I'm going to be on Matt Meek to give me all the details on that one. He texted me some scores on that one too. Yeah. What a game that, and, and I, we predicted Liberty had win, but I had it in the back of my head. It wouldn't, uh, be a shocker by any means if North Scott won. This was two very evenly matched teams and uh, an exciting midseason matchup. The Matt, Matt Meeks is critical, uh, crucial part of our uh, coverage because uh, I, I, I messaged him and I told him, "Hey man, we're growing, we're growing in Iowa City. Great, that's great that, and, and we're doing a great job, and you're you're helping us there. But we're we're growing even more in Cedar Rapids." I says, "Could you give us some Cedar Rapids reports?" And you know what he just he's like, "Sure." You know what I mean? He doesn't even think about it. He just, you know, because I mean, I'm thinking, well, I'm going to ask him to double the amount of work that he's doing, but uh, no, he ain't got any problem doing it. He, he'll do anything to, to, uh, to make us. And Matt Meek has been a big, big find for us, hasn't he? Yep, I, I love. And I told him, I said, Matt, when I listened to him talk to you on this uh, program, I said, you were born for this stuff. <laughs> he said, you know, well, he, he's like me. He just likes to. He just loves the sport, and he, uh, he, he gets out and he watches, and he's. You know, he coaches, he's involved, and uh, his insights are, you know, I'm a fan in the stands guy. I can give you kind of a basic overview. He can give you way more than that, and it's great to have him uh, helping us out. Uh, make sure you get to him early, though, because he's a gym rat like me, and he's got to get to the gym on Saturday mornings. <laughs> yeah, well, he is. Uh, he, he he can give me the report whenever he wants to, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, you have a, you have a, uh, you have a way to look at a team. I have a way to look at a team. Yeah, similar yep. but not the same. And uh, he has he he looks at the game different than you and I do. So I I I really 
I, I feel like it, he was, uh, he completes us. Uh, well, uh, I'll throw a score out here for you. Uh, Caminita takes down Audubon 42 to eight. This has been a struggle season for Audubon, but, uh, uh, I know Cam, uh, they've had at least one tough loss this year, but uh, they're, they're tough. I don't know if we have to go over too much of that game, but uh, I just want to report that score. Yep, yep. Good rivalry out west. I got uh, Solon 36 over West Burlington Notre Dame in the area here, and I thought, uh, you know, West Burlington Notre Dame didn't get the score, but uh, I don't think that score is that bad considering how loaded Solon is and how. Um, Low on numbers, West Burlington, Notre Dame is. Nothing nothing hurt there. Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was great. Uh, they, 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 look, West Burlington acquitted himself excellent in that game. You know, bravo to you. Solon, what can I say? You guys are uh, pretty tough, you know. Well, I got a score for you here, and this is a team I've been keeping my eye on since week zero, and it's Moravia. And uh, they put 84 points up on the board this week against uh, Seymour. Uh, they beat them 84 to six. What what what's going on in Moravia? And uh, is anyone in the state putting up more points than they are? Maybe not right now with uh, a couple of these uh, somewhat lower outputs I've seen from from uh, Iowa Valley. But um, I watched an interview that uh, Jacob Lesendorf did with their coach, and he's got. I think the the right mindset, you know, when you're trying to build up a program, you got to make it fun. Yes. You've got to work hard. You've got to put in the work in the off season and all the you know, work, 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 but it's got to be fun too. And uh, Moravia's coach seems to have this formula where he wants to let his kids run loose and fly high and score a lot of points, throw the ball a bunch and be in a, play an exciting brand of football, which eight man is set up for. And uh, those kids have seemed to really enjoy it and have really bought in. And he's got something special going on there with the Mohawks. And, yeah, I think – I haven't looked, but I think they've got to be in the top five at least, if not the top high-scoring high team in, in the state right now. They ought to be in the top ten. Uh, I don't – I don't, uh, you know, I don't know what more you can do than Moravia does. I, I don't know. I, I just – they just – even in the games they, – they, I think they lost one game 78 to 76, but uh, – uh, well, maybe that was uh, Iowa Valley, but uh, yeah, pretty great team. Pretty great yep. team. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep my eyes on them. So, yeah, they're gonna be in the playoffs. I have no doubt. Um, I think somebody told us beginning of the season they looked so much improved that uh, they planned on them winning that district, and I would think that is not a stretch. Well, uh, you got another score for me? Yeah, one that we uh, predicted, unfortunately, but uh, not surprising. Cedar Rapids Prairie, 49, Atumwa 14. I don't have any stats, didn't see how it goes, but, it, you know, that final score doesn't shock me a bit. Yeah, I checked in on the game, and it was out of hand. And I just yeah. Watched, tried to watch some more closer games. I have a score here, Scott, from a, 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 a team that made us feel very welcome week zero. Martinsdale, yep. St. Mary's Blue Devils, 44, Murray Mustangs 14, uh, beautiful field. Uh, they they welcomed us with open arms and give us everything we we asked for. Uh, uh, I I really got a fondness for this Martindale uh, St. Mary's Blue Devils. I do too. Uh, the kids were working. Their football players worked the concession stand. They were super polite. They were fun bunch of kids. Uh, the AD was really welcoming there. Um, it was fun to let him uh, kind of tell us how 
how that uh, turf field all came about, what it costs and all that stuff, which I'm not going to mention here. But uh, yeah, that was uh, one of the more fun memories I've, I've had in my life of going to a, a, a road trip game, you know, a pair of games. And uh, yeah, good for them. I like the, I like the Blue Devils, man. Well, I just like their coach. He was wonderful to talk to. And, uh, congratulations to them on a nice big uh, win. Well, what other scores do you got for me? All right. Uh, big one uh, happening last night with uh, a, a team that you like to talk about and talk to their head coach and, and maybe a head coach that does. I don't know if anyone likes to talk about his team more than this guy. Linville Soli, the Hawks. Oh, yeah. On the road to Madrid, and they did it, 36-14. to 14. Uh, It looks like they probably did have to play that four-quarter game that I had predicted, but uh, that's the kind of test they wanted and needed, and they come out, uh, you know, as, as good as they could. Big win on the road. Well, Linville Sully is, is another one of the ranked teams that uh, maybe not real close to us, but they play all of the, our, our teams, and uh, they've been – their coach has been wonderful. He's like I say, he's pretty enthused and jacked up about the season. That's for sure. And uh, uh, they faced a really tough Madrid team. That, that team maybe be the best team they got left on the schedule, and uh, uh, didn't seem like they had any trouble. Not a bit. Um, I, you know, I haven't seen how the how the scoring played out quarter to quarter or anything like that. But like I said, thirty six to fourteen. That's a that's a good solid victory. Yet, um, like I think they probably had to let the starters go the distance this time. And that, and I'm sorry, but that, you need a game or two like that before postseason. Well, uh, here's the team that I, I, I got to visit with uh, in uh, the coach of uh, one of the coaches of the Baxter Bolts. I yes. visited with in, in Martinsdale and I am proud to report that they beat BGM bears from Brooklyn, Iowa. And I believe they're really good. Uh, they, they beat, they beat yeah. them 46 to 44 in uh, uh in the tundra there, uh, uh, the the I don't know I don't know how the weather was clear out there, but if it was anything like what we were going through, what a big win for Baxter, huh? It's a huge win. BGM's really good. I don't know if they're ranked currently, but I know that they were, and they've uh, got some big wins of their own uh, under their belt so far this season. So that's a that's a huge win for Baxter. I believe Baxter's still undefeated. Yeah, well, uh, you know what? I, I really like them too. You know, yeah. Their coach, he 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 was uh, he wasn't the head coach. That's the one time I didn't talk to the head coach, but uh, he gave me the rundown. I, I I knew they were going to do pretty good. Well, you got a score for me? Yeah, I'm getting down to the end of my list here. Um, another one out of the area, but one of our uh, favorite out of the area darlings, the Southeast Warren Warhawks, oh. 52, Montezuma 20. That's a big win. And uh, like Ca- Coach Edeker said the other day, <laughs> you don't want to see these guys. You do not want to see Southeast Warren. <laughs> playoffs no wow and montezuma was great uh southeast Warren's really got it uh they impressed me they impressed me so much i'll have to call him again too i'm gonna wear out the phone lines this week scott everybody's uh uh getting on um better uh you better stock up on caffeine man because <laughs> you got a lot of work ahead <laughs> well there's another area score and a team uh uh i want to mention yeah, that we haven't mentioned. Uh, that's uh, HLV Warriors uh, uh, got a win against Tri County Trojans, uh, forty-six to twenty-eight. But uh, I'm feeling good about Tri County in this game. Well, how about you? I am. Uh, not only do they have a win, 
already this season. And even if it's their only one, that's a huge improvement over last year where they weren't able, able to even finish uh, out the regular season um, and had to cancel. Um, they're scoring points. Like I said, if you're in rebuild mode, that's, that's something to hang your hat on um, and feel good about and give the kids something fun uh, in the games. You may be losing, but if you're scoring some touchdowns, that's not the worst thing in the world. And it's something to, to try to keep building on for the future. Well, I'll, I'll wrap this up with uh, uh, East Buchanan beating uh, Marquette Valley 48-12. to 12. That's just a, a team in the district we've been kind of keeping a little eye on. So, well, folks, uh, I don't know if we got all the scores out there, but uh, uh, we do got the Muscatine report. I, we probably didn't cover some of those scores for you, but we will in the Muscatine report. We got the Iowa City and the Cedar Rapids report, and uh, – uh, Jacob Linzendorf's taking this weekend off, which uh, uh, kind of upsets me because he was at the Sigourney game, but he'll be back next week. And, uh, you know, he had he had great coverage too, didn't he? Yeah, he does. And, and what I like about him, some of us are not uh, real well trained and versed in, in speaking, and but he is. So he's got that professional uh, sound. Um, yeah, him and Matt are, are my favorites. And, and well, they're not. They're not any better than our other friends, but you know what I'm saying? They've, they've just got that uh, extra gear when it comes to public speaking that some of us don't have. But, yeah, I'm interested to hear what Ryan's got to say. And uh, I haven't listened to Andy's report from last night, so that's next on my agenda. Hey, it's a good one. It's a good one. It's, it's uh, you know, him and I uh, have kind of tweaked how we do it, and uh, uh, we're getting them scores out. And, when, and we're, getting this, the, we're getting the scores covered locally, and then we're, we're branching out a little bit. Uh, it's not as complete and detailed as this one, but it's about as long. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, we're 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 got a couple minutes left, Scott. Is there anything you wanted to say that you didn't get to mention earlier? I'll just uh, want to reiterate that uh, our guy Ty Agley has just joined Twitter. If you are looking for a big tight end that's got hands and can block, a kid that can play, he's an absolute menace on the defensive end, just like his mates there, Chase Waterhouse and uh, and. Uh, Colton Lichty, and I put him right up there. I put all three of them right up there with an Abram Edwards or, or a Max Wheaton. These guys are – they should be on your radar. They've got the size. They passed the eye test. They've got the skill. But give Ty a follow on, on Twitter, man. He's uh, he's brand new to it, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun for these kids. So, well, If you're a college recruiter and you're not looking at several of the players on Waco, uh, you're probably going to get fired. You're straight up losing. That's what I'll say. You're straight up losing. Yeah, I mean, to this corner look at – I mean, just the depth and the talent and the program and the, the execution and the, uh, they, they're, they're not just talented players, but they're ready for college. You know, they, they're already playing a system. That's, that's, that's the top. Well, thanks folks for listening. And uh, we will see you uh, with the rank and show on Tuesday with Scotty. And we'll be report all these new teams that are in the in the top ten from Southeast Iowa. Can't wait. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. This is the Saturday morning scoreboard show.